Whether you're a first-time poultry owner or looking to expand your flock, you can always use some helpful advice. Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered. With great info and products to help raise healthy birds in-store or online at farmandfleet.com forward slash chick days. Water hemp. It has been a part of conversations across the state of Wisconsin for a while now, and every year the volume of the conversations about water hemp seems to increase. Dr. Rodrigo Worley, University Extension Weed Specialist, has been trying to address the spreading problem of water hemp for a while. Rodrigo, you just wrapped up a a very special field event that really continues to stress the point. Water hemp is something that we've got to come to grips with. There is really no way to kill it per se. We're just trying to control it, aren't we? Hi, Pam. No, you are spot on. Uh, we've been doing lots of work over the past four years uh, with this uh, very, very challenging weed, very challenging weed. Every year we learn uh, something new, and it's it's just one of those that I call it job security for us, Pam, because it, it keeps evolving to everything uh, we're trying to do. And water hemp is one of the amazing ones because if you look at all the innovation that's coming towards the crop protection, you know, as particularly as it pertains to weed management, everything is targeted at water hemp right now. Water hemp or palmer amaranth in other parts uh, of the country. So it's amazing how challenging uh, these big weeds are uh, to our growers out there. Well, and like we said, although there is technology out there, this year is a perfect example where the technology currently available isn't necessarily going to do it for us. Uh, Set up the situation this year, Rodrigo. We didn't get into the fields quite as early as we might have liked, and that is really making this water hemp situation critical. Yeah, no, those those are excellent points, Pam. So we have some great technologies uh, out there, but we have no silver bullet anymore, right? Uh, and it's it's one of those, this weed here is really challenging our farmers and our agronomists uh, out there uh, on how we manage it. So a couple of things here that's important. Uh, we have this trend that you just mentioned, you know, our farmers are really pushing the envelope as far as planting time goes, right? If you hear from our colleague, Dr. Sean Conley, he's recommending our farmers to plant early because the earlier you plant, the more nodes or soybean plants will accumulate, the higher the yield potential, right? And that's phenomenal. Uh, the one challenge as we start pushing the envelope on when we want to plant our soybeans is that by planting the soybeans early, we don't necessarily change when the weeds emerge, right, Pam? So when we're planting early, we're delivering our herbicides early, but the water hemp starts emerging a little later. Okay, the water hemp will start emerging mid to late May. If you're delivering your pre-herbicide late April, early May, that means that that herbicide is not necessarily acting right on top of that water hemp, okay? So we've done a series of studies, uh, Pam, that we started this year because we're getting a lot of questions from growers. Say, Rodrigo, I want to plant early, and if I have the opportunity to plant late April, I'm going to go in, okay? But if I'm planting in April, April, and if I'm spraying my pre-herbicides in April, how will my water hemp program look like? And that's what we're trying to answer. And what we're learning this year, Pam, from our research is that if we're planting and spraying in April, okay, uh, what we almost need is a pre-emergence herbicide, a layered approach, early post, and almost a cleanup, a third pass, okay, in that growing season to have complete water hemp control, okay? And this assuming you have a good water hemp infestation in your farm. 
So this is how challenging this weeds. We're, we're talking about a three-pass program here to get complete control. And, and this year, that uh, aside from the investment financially, it was tricky to find available product. If you got the product, trying to find available applicators might have been an issue. Yes. No, it, those are excellent points, Sam. So what we're doing our research here, we're putting a good pre-down. Uh, we're using some of the technologies, whether it's the Enlist uh, one herbicide or the dicamba herbicide or the glufosinate as part of that post with a layered approach, okay, with the group 15 as an early post. And then for most of the plots, we had to come back with glufosinate to do that cleanup, that third pass when the soybeans uh, were getting to the flowering stage because that's the cutoff. But then not everybody had access to those chemicals. Those chemicals were higher priced, okay, and they weren't readily available, as you just mentioned. So that can be a challenge uh, as well if you're dealing with some of this heavy water hemp pressure. So to the folks that are listening to us right now, uh, if they're not struggling with water hemp, we just want them to pay attention and keep in mind, keep that this weed in mind, because if that's the weed that comes into your operation, that's one of the weeds that really changes and makes weed control very challenging and also very, very expensive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and the other thing, Rodrigo, uh, granted, we are focusing specifically on water hemp, but we also have to think about what's coming in behind the crop uh, as far as residual effect, I mean, I'm sure you're trying to help people remind themselves there's something that's going to be planted in that field next year. Is there a lot of residual issues when we try to control water hemp? Yeah, that's, that is an excellent question, Pam. So usually the recommendation is to use residual herbicides for control of water hemp. And you hit a very important point. When you're selecting a product, you need to have in mind what you're going to be planting next, Okay. Uh, some of our farmers are going to be planting wheat after uh, that soybean crop. So you got to keep in mind the rotation restrictions for the wheat crop. A lot of our farmers are going to go uh, with corn in the next year. And one herbicide that I like to use as an example uh, is uh, uh, Flexstar or Flamazafan. Okay, you need a 10-month interval between that last post application and planting corn. Otherwise, you may have some carryover issues. And then on the flip side, when you're controlling water hemp and corn, we're using a lot of mesotrion. Uh, we got to watch those rates when we're spraying them because if we have a dry fall, this is when we typically see a lot of carryover into soybeans. So you bring up an excellent point here, Pam. We're recommending a lot of residual herbicides, but we got to make sure that this residual herbicides that we're using uh, for our water hemp control won't hurt the subsequent crops. So we got to be mindful of that. That's an excellent point. Now, Rodrigo, you have uh, an ongoing study of water hemp happening just outside of Madison. It's where you held your event. Tell people a little bit about how they can better educate themselves if they are just struggling with water hemp. I mean, obviously, your research is living. It's out there. Tell me a little bit more about your field event and how agronomists, crop consultants, and farmers themselves are using those plots to try to diagnose and treat their own farms. Yep. So this past Wednesday, Pam, we were down at the O'Brien Family Farms uh, near Brooklyn, uh, Wisconsin, here in the southern part of the state uh, in Dane Dane County. And we've been working at the O'Brien Family Farms for the past uh, four years, Pam. So the O'Briens, historically, they've been struggling uh, with water hemp. They've had some heavy water hemp pressure. Here's a Kind of an interesting story. When I started here at UW-Madison in 2018, I was given an extension presentation. Uh, and then 
one of the O'Brien brothers, uh, Dan O'Brien, reached out to me at the end of my presentation and said, Rodrigo, uh, I have a, a challenge with water hemp in my operation. I want you to come take a look, okay? And that was back in 2018. Uh, I went there in the fall of 2018 when Mark O'Brien was harvesting some plots. And the moment I got there, I realized that they had a big issue. And as they were going with the combine, they were just spreading all that water hemp seed all over, okay? And at that moment, I found the perfect location for our research efforts, and we've been working at the O'Brien Farm since 2019. So this was our fourth year uh, of research there. Every year uh, but the year of COVID, we've been able to host a field day, and we just had our water hemp management field day, which is sponsored by the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board this past Wednesday, July 13th. We had about 80 people, farmers, agronomists, industry representatives and others come to the event and spend three hours there with us walking our plot, okay? So if folks out there, uh, if you missed the opportunity, but if you're interested in seeing what we have to do, uh, you know, please feel free to reach out to us, send us an email. Uh, you can drop us a call. We'll be happy to set up a visit if you want to come take a look. There's a lot of good things to see there. We're doing a lot of research comparing different pre-emergent herbicides. We're looking at different post-herbicide spams. You know, people are interested in dicamba versus uh, 2,4-D choline, the enlist herbicide, mm -hmm. and glufosinate. We have all those comparisons. And then what we're doing there as well, we're looking at integrated weed management practices, which is what we preach on. So the use of residual herbicides, effective post-herbicides, but we're also bringing cover crops into our research. What we're learning here is that if you're doing cover crops, you're establishing a cover crop after your corn crop, and then you're kind of planting green, your soybean green and terminating that cover crop at that point, the cover crop can actually help control water hemp. So we have that research there as well. Our farmers across the landscape are really, really interested in soil health. Cover crops help with that, and cover crops, if properly managed, can also help with your water hemp problem. So it's been fascinating to show, and to be honest with you, Pam, this is where we get the most discussion with our farmers. When we're in front of our systems trials, where we're looking at cover crops, no-till tillage, integrated, that soil management practice with chemical weed control, that's where the farmers, we can get really get them going to the conversation. <laughs> I bet, I bet. Dr. Rodrigo Worley along with us, he's our University Extension Weed Specialist and spending a tremendous amount of time trying to help farmers uh, get ahead and get uh, control on water hemp specifically. Now, as he said, he's got a lot of information available for anybody that is looking to try to manage or learn more about that weed. His Twitter handle is at WiskWeeds. W-I-S-C Weeds, at Whisk Weeds. That's his Twitter handle. If you want to send him an email, you can do that, rwerley at whisk.edu. That's R-W-E-R-L-E at W-I-S-C dot E-D-U. Or his direct phone number, 608-262-7130. 608-262-7130. Or just go ahead and try to find the agronomy department on the UW-Madison campus, and you will find Dr. Rodrigo, Rodrigo Worley's information Right there. Water hemp, still a part of our conversations.